Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Jim, the Twins are rolling again. They're getting a chance to play within the division. That didn't work out against Kansas City, but I think for the most part, the games against the American League Central will be beneficial for them. Plus, Cleveland appears to be waving the white flag. Yes, they're waving the right flag, and they're having injuries, and now Ramirez is going to be suspended for a few games. Uh, everything's setting up really well for the Twins. They're on their first five-game winning streak of the year. They're playing a bad Tigers team. They took advantage of playing a bad Arizona team. Uh, you know, hasn't been flawless in the second half, but, you know, when I talked to a lot of people at the break, you know, Joel Polad was very concerned. Um, the people in baseball operations were like, okay, yeah, we should have won some more games than we did, but... Uh, we think the second half sets up really well for us. We've gotten past the tough part of the schedule. Starting pitching is held up. You're going to hit, even if it's not a, ends up being not a great offensive team, you're going to hit more in the second half than you did in the first just by regression to the mean, mm-hmm. getting people healthier. Uh, so really, all those things have come true. And now they're winning the games they should win. And they're, you know, I think they have the second biggest division lead in Major League Baseball now. And now you look at the standings, and even though they're not, you know, it's they're probably on pace to win what about eighty-seven games at this point. Yeah, I mean they're ahead of a lot of a lot of teams with higher aspirations and higher payrolls right now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And they knock around a left-hander last night in Joey Wentz, not one of the top lefties in the game, but he pitched well against the Twins previously, so that's a little positive sign. Yes, and they've been bad against left-handers for the most obvious reason. Correa and Buxton have not been good this year mm-hmm. to their two best right-handed hitters, and now Correa is still. You know, I, I, I can't say he's out of a slump, but he sh- occasionally shows you signs that he might be figuring it out. Uh, he had a good fastball yesterday. He has not been hitting fastballs. Maybe that's a sign his bat speed is back. And another fascinating thing here, for years and years, it was absolutely true, it was factually true, statistically true, that this team was a very good team when they had Byron Buxton and a very bad team when they didn't. Mm-hmm. This year, it's kind of the reverse. He had become, you know, with him not playing center field and becoming a bad DH, they're actually better off without him right now because they have a lot of bats that they can cycle through that DH spot to take advantage of pitching matchups. Yeah, that's that's kind of sad to say, but that's where we are, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and uh, listen, it doesn't mean you give up on Buxton, yeah. but it means that Buxton this year is not a driver of success, and you know they're going to get Royce Lewis back here in a little bit. Uh, Julian's going to stay in the lineup. Walner deserves to stay in the lineup. Kepler's your best player right now. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they manage it when Buxton's actually healthy. Yeah, because they have a glut in the infield. Royce Lewis comes back. Where does he play? Third base. Um, and that's, that's the interesting thing. I think that Royce Lewis has got to – and I guess, you know, the way you could look at it is uh, between – I mean, you've kind of patched first base together. Mm-hmm. You have Julian playing second base. You have Correa playing short. You have Polanco or somebody else playing third. I mean, you could do what Rocco usually does, is just give people days off when you think that they don't have a favorable pitching matchup and cycle, cycle between all those positions, cycle through you know five players for four spots or four players for three spots and just keep people uh, rested. Um, and, of course, you know, the, the obvious, I'll state the obvious here. By the time Royce Lewis is, and Buxton are healthy, somebody else will probably be hurt and the problem will probably be solved before it becomes a problem. But if they have too many hitters, I don't think you're anymore in a situation where you just say Buxton's the DH every single day. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, let's talk pitching a little bit. Uh, a gem last night, again, from Pablo Lopez, who seems to be picking it up again here uh, the second half of the season. Maybe some of that is his opponents uh, as well. But he's, you know, started to make a case that, you know, should the Twins make the postseason, it looks like they will, that maybe he should be the game one starter. Yeah, and first half, you know, we it felt like he always had one bad inning or one bad pitch, mm-hmm. but he was really close to being really good. And that's another thing I heard from the baseball operations people is, that their underlying metrics on him indicated that he should have had he should have performed better than he actually did, given the quality of his pitches. And now we're starting to see that that work out. He seems to be managing managing tough situations better. He seems to be getting strikeouts when he really needs them more often. And, and really, I'm not surprised. You know, he's he's got the body, he's got the pitches, he's got the velocity, he's got arm speed, he's got uh, pitch variety. You know, when his command's good, he's just hard to hit. Uh, and then we look at Bailey Ober, who's really had a nice season for the Twins. He's just been very consistent. But because of that consistency, the innings are starting to stack up on him. By the time we get to the end of the regular season, seven weeks from now, he'll have another 30, 40 innings, and that's way more than he's ever pitched before. Yes. Uh, and you know we've asked Rocco about that, and he basically said, hey, he's a good pitcher, he's healthy, just we're going to let him pitch, you know, and maybe he gets an extra day off here or there. Now, if Keiko keeps pitching well and Joe Ryan comes back, maybe they go six-man for a while. Mm-hmm. Just give, make sure everybody's healthy going into the postseason, uh, that, you know, Bailey Ober, even though he's pitching more innings than usual, isn't really feeling that much stress. Uh, and, you know, if you put up an eight-game lead or something, then you can, you can play around with things. and You can even get Ober out after five innings if you think that's going to be beneficial. Yeah, 120 innings this year. Uh, what, uh, 70-some uh, last year, 92 is career high in 2021, so he's already nearly 30 innings beyond what he's ever thrown before. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. The good thing is he has one of those deliveries where he, you know, he's, he's a big guy mm-hmm. and he uses leverage. You know, With Liriano, if you want to remember back then, yeah. Liriano was like everybody knew he was great and everybody knew he was going to get hurt. You know, he, he was an elbow pitcher. He led with the elbow and put an incredible amount of strain on it and threw incredible velocities, and he just knew it wasn't going to last. Uh, Ober uses his body well. He uses leverage well. He uh, tends to maintain composure during tough situations. Uh, I'm not saying he, you know, listen, anybody can get hurt any day, but he does not look like an injury threat to me any more than any other pitcher. Maybe this is recency bias on my part, but it seems as though Jawan Duran has lost a little bit of his edge. He's not quite as pinpoint with his control as he had been, and we've seen 102-mile-an-hour fastballs be hit off of him. If he can't throw his breaking stuff for strikes, it does make the hitter, the fastball more hittable. No doubt. And we've seen, as good as he is and as hard as he throws, if he throws his fastball down the middle, major league hitters will find a way to hit it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, it feels like this is a little bit of a lull for him, and maybe it's to be expected. First full year as a big league closer, um, and you know, if you're going to have a letdown, it's probably going to come right about this time of the year, whether it's a mental letdown or whether it's a little bit of arm fatigue. Uh, so there's no guarantee he bounces back to having you know three dominant pitches and dominating the the, the league. But you know, I wouldn't panic yet. Uh, yeah. You know, this might just be his lull. Uh, another guy who had a lull, Joe Ryan. Uh, then he goes on the injured list with a groin that he tried to pitch through and, and didn't tell management about it. Uh, true 
or a little bit of uh, cover for him so he can go on the IL instead of going back to the minor leagues for a bit? No, they would not use that as a cover story. Okay. That's kind of an embarrassing story. Uh, it's embarrassing that they didn't know. It's embarrassing he didn't tell them. It's embarrassing that an injured pitcher was taking the mound, getting yeah. the brains beat in. That's not the cover story they would invent. And, and I'll say this. I think Falvey and Rocco, who are the primary spokespeople for the organization, they're as honest as any people I've ever dealt with. Yeah. Uh, so, it's, you know, everybody, everybody shades the truth a little bit in their own favor. Mm-hmm. I think everybody in every walk of life does that, but they are not people who make up stories or lie. Uh, so I don't, I don't worry about that. I will say this. For the franchise, it's much better that it was a groin injury than it was him losing his stuff or him signaling pitches that made it really easy to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the groin injury he can get over. The other things might have lingered. Um, so this is it's a mistake by Ryan to handle it this way. It's also something you, you know that, that means it, it's very clear, and once it's gone, it's gone. It, is he still the pitcher that we saw last year and the start of this year, or has the lead started to figure him out a little bit, or was it 100% on this groin injury? I really think it's the groin injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just, you know, he, he lives, you know, he, he's developed two really nice breaking pitches to go with the, the high fastball. But he lives on the high fastball. The, the high fastball sets everything up. Yeah. Uh, the, and when he was a little off, all of a sudden it's instead of 95 right at the top of the zone where it's really hard to get on top of it, which is baseball speak for, you know, getting the barrel, yep. the meat of the barrel to the ball. Um, instead, it was you know ninety three, a little bit down, and that's a batting practice fastball. You know, so I really think it was the grind. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at five sports at Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.